Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, March 27th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the bare bones of Web3 show, episode 24, featuring Lex Avellino from Strange Clan and Passage.io. Let's take a listen. Welcome to Bare Bones. The date is March 27th, episode 24, with your host, Saberstein, EJ, the founder, and B Bands. It's your weekly dose of Web3 news, opinions, market analysis, and updates. This show is sponsored by Space Skellies. See the links above for more information. This show is entertainment information only. Don't be silly. This is not financial advice. None of the topics discussed should be taken as such. If you have any questions, please feel free to do your own research. If you're interested in these topics, please do your own research. Um, this week, we're going to be joined with Lex from Strange Clans. Um, he's going to tell us about everything that's going on with his project and um, you know, give us some updates, which I'm super excited. I got some questions for him um, at the end of the show. And today, actually, it's going to be really cool. Saberstein is going to be doing the um, announcements. Thank you, Saber. I'm super excited um, to hear you roll those out. And we'll start with our newsreel. Bare Bones Newsreel, March 27th. A Venezuelan crypto regulator has been removed from office and arrested with specific details regarding the charges yet to be released. Apparently, there was a plan for $3 billion to be diverted from the country's oil operation accounts so that it would look like it was never there. The, regula- the regulator that, pres- uh, that was arrested presided over the Office of Superintendency of Crypto Assets and Related Activities. Since his removal from the office, a restructuring plan is being created as the government believes that there are more involved and they are offering a reward for any information. Uh, Quick highlight, Minecraft will be uh, allowing decentralized applications to possibly link up with them very soon. They had uh, stopped, they had banned any dApps and and any kind of connection via the Minecraft server, but now it looks like they're changing their mind. So I'm excited to see what that means for like a project like Togio's that built a whole um, Minecraft experience game and it's also attached with their NFT So I'm kind of excited to see how that's going to roll out. And our next uh, little bit of a highlight, um, if you're trying something new, maybe try it with something that isn't so expensive. Unfortunately, an NFT NFT trader was trying to wrap a crypto punk worth $129,000. And instead of wrapping it, he sent it to a burn address and burnt basically $129,000. I'm sure that really hurt him. So. This next um, this next piece that I'm going to uh, bring up is interesting because it's a, it has a little bit of my own opinion because as a female, I kind of wanted to touch on this. So apparently there's a movement going on that I didn't know about. It's a movement of inclusivity 
for those who identify as female. So as a woman in the Web3 space, I was surprised to see that this movement is being led apparently by a man, artist Patrick Amadon. So popular NFT glitch artist Patrick Amadon decided that there were not enough female identifying artists at the Sotheby's auction. So he withdrew his NFT art pieces from the auction. And in two tweets, this is what he had to say. I am pulling my work from Sotheby's sale. While I believe it was a genuine oversight and the team means well, the lack of representation is a serious issue. And we need to address this in our space. Female identifying artists have played a major role in the glitch movement. And then his next tweet, representation is important. Inclusivity is important. It's critical that we build this movement correctly. Since everything we do now not only affects our community today, it will affect thousands on thousands of future artists that inherit what we leave them. Um, kind of very interesting. So Sotheby's auction paused the sale and is working on being more inclusive. Now, after reading this, I feel as a woman, I'd like to share some thoughts from a female perspective. And as a, fem as a woman who identifies as female, why does this talented artist feel that female artists need to bow, that female artists need him to bow out for a bit so that they can get a chance to be noticed or selected to be part of Sotheby's prestigious auction house. I mean, shouldn't their work speak for itself? So in other words, my vibe is we don't need what seems to be disingenuous pander to be noticed. Female identifying artists, people in the Web3 space can, can do that on their own. I know the Web3 space and the NFT art is male dominated and a lot of the OG artists are male. And I'm saying artists because we're talking about artists right now. But that just happens. That just happens because they were the the men were the ones to adopt this technology first. Now, I noticed his pieces. Uh, this Patrick guy were from 2013, so he is an OG, right? And I could see how he would think that. But here's the thing: every quarter, more and more women are entering the NFT and Web3 space, more so than men. And adoption is happening now, like. It, it, there are droves of women coming into this space. So this kind of standing up for women rights stuff kind of needs to cool down a little bit. And I say this because I wonder if it's possible that once this movement has started, that happens to be led by a male, Patrick Amadon, will his art be worth just a little bit more since he took a stand for the women? I mean, who really stands to, to gain from this display? So I don't know what the, you know, maybe there was some unfair treat, treatment that I don't know about. Maybe something happened, but I, I just don't know why he chose to do this and if it was really well th thought out. And I know, yes, we need to support women. We need to be there. But it gets to the point that it's almost a little pandering. Now, that's just my opinion. And I wanted to kind of bring that up because of this specific topic. And Saber Scene, did you want to say anything? Um, I can, I can add to that. I just, um, I would hope that, you know, let's say there's 10 artists in this Sotheby's auction and maybe two were women. And because Patrick decided, well, no, there should be more representation. I would just hope that maybe there aren't male artists that worked, you know, their asses off to get there. And now I really hope that they don't get um, their spot taken by a female or a woman just because they're feeling like more women need to be included. I don't believe that is fair. Um, that's my opinion, but I, 
I also believe that no matter what gender you are, you just you just need to work hard. You just need to work your butt off just to get to where you where you want to be. Um, so I suppose I also do agree with this, you know, uh, a bit pandering because, um, yeah, I just think it's a little bit a little a little bit silly. I'm not sure what his intentions are. I would hope it's not um, engagement farming or just trying to get his name in the press a bit more, especially since he is already in the Sotheby's auction and an OG. Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks for hearing me out on that, guys. And then um, because of our guest, I wanted to bring one more thought piece and then we will uh, move on to the crypto analysis. Now, I kind of uh, have this little opinion piece and it is about ChatGPT, the hot topic that's out there. And me and Sa- uh, Saber were chatting, but I had gone down this thought process of where we're going to end up you know, with chat GPT and AI. So imagine being able to purchase like other people's private keys or their API with the information that they have trained their chat GPT. So imagine that Elon had trained his chat GPT for, it had all of his body of work. You could essentially just everything that is kind of who he is and how he talks is kind of put into this chat GPT and you could purchase it. So you would essentially be able to, or like do a subscription where I can see future businesses wanting to work with a specific person, but that person is busy. You know, they don't have enough time, but you can subscribe to their chat, to their AI keys, and then be able to collab with Elon via this um, artificial intelligence. Um, I went down that because I was thinking that if that happened, even when somebody passes away, all of their knowledge and who they are can be kind of like saved and it can continue contributing to our future. So um, I just wanted to bring that little thing up, that little thought process up before we chat um, with Amanda. But my fear about this is, can your API keys or, or the thing that stores you know, all the conversations that you've had with your chat GPT, could that be stolen and used in the black market? So it's a whole rabbit hole thing, but I wanted to put that thought thought out there because eventually one day I would like to have a space where we can kind of go down this rabbit hole and just see where it brings us. Uh, Amanda, what would you like to say about this? So after you were talking with, with me about this last night, I thought like, wouldn't it be amazing a really good use of the metaverse would be for you to be able to potentially book a meeting. We're going to use Elon still, for example, you could book an, a meeting with Elon and you could have him in the metaverse, like sitting in your meeting, discussing with you, listening to you, bringing forth new thoughts and ideas. And he would literally be like sitting there, but it wouldn't be him, right? It would be his, his chat GPT, his AI. I thought that would be so interesting. Like, I feel like people would pay a premium to be able to feel like somebody that they look up to or somebody that they, you know, really want their thoughts and ideas. Like they would pay a premium for them to be in their meeting. So that was that was really cool. Maybe I'm a bit like a pleb, but I thought like my mind was blown when you first discussed it last night because I'd never really thought of it that way. And so um, it was really uh, it's really interesting to me. No, I, I do agree. I think it's really interesting. 
So for me, I think AI has the opportunity. It's we have to be careful because it has the opportunity to extend people as they are, right? Um, because what it's doing is it's analyzing information that already exists about a person, right? Either work they've already put out, existing IP or images or text. Um, and so, I mean, especially as a small team, like comparatively, um, you know, I've been working in the, in the creative space, you know, building a studio for like the last five years and have constantly run into, well, here's your limitations because you're a small team, right? Here are the things you can and can't do. Hand-drawn animation, for instance, is incredibly expensive. And so for a small team to be able to create, you know, a hand-drawn animated style, you know, either you're doing uh, 3D rendering hacks where it's 3D, but it's stylized like, you know, 2D renders or whatever. There's a lot of things where people are trying to achieve the style that they grew up with, right? Whether it's classic Disney or uh, Miyazaki, but they, um, it's expensive. It's really expensive. And the number of people who are trained in that field are few and far between these days, which is why it becomes more and more expensive because fewer people are trained in kind of these classical um, <clears throat> arts like hand-drawn animation. So uh, I love AI for that because you could achieve that look. And of course, I think there'll always be inherent value in people who put the time in to actually hand-draw the animation, but you could achieve that style without actually needing to spend the same amount that a big studio does, right? And so if somebody wants to support a small studio, knowing that it's not actually hand-drawn, but it achieves the same effect, um, they could do that. And, and smaller studios can punch above their weight class. In the same way, I think <clears throat> um, that is the fundamental problem. It can only iterate what already exists, right? Uh, existing knowledge, existing solutions. It's really good at helping people access information. Like if Google, right, helped us to help bring access to more information through search right where you can just literally put anything in google and find answers to millions of questions ai does that tenfold because it brings it right to you and puts it in the words that you need right you can ask very organic questions and get very organic answers you know not an article that was written for ten thousand different people but an answer that's handcrafted for your question based off of information that's already out there right but it can't come up with new stuff that's a big part of the problem right so I could go further into that, but like there are dangers you get into when it's like, well, what if you run into a new problem, you know, uh, real Elon with a soul and a, um, you know, I don't believe in determinism, right? So I believe that there's a, a true element of ingenuity that humans have on a fundamental level because of our nature as humans, where, you know, real Elon is put into a difficult scenario, you know, consulting somebody in their business and the difficulty actually changes the person, right? But the AI can't change to adapt. It is what it is, right? It's, it's programmed in as it is. And so it can only come up with the solutions that it basically had in the first place. So. Oh, Lex, I, I got to be careful because me and you could talk for a long time <laughs> about this. I'm like, I'm, I'm here. I'm like, OK, get back to the show. Yep, yep. Get back on. Get back we'll on get task. <laughs> and so um, on that note, I'd love to go to Saberstein where we can do our um, mark, our crypto market analysis. Yes. Good morning, guys. Um, on the topic of AI, I just want to shout out um, Straylight, who's in the audience as well, because I think if we're ever going to do a space like that, I think he would be an excellent addition as well. Um, so good morning, everyone. Other than volatility seen on lower timeframes from Wednesday to Friday last week, we had discussed that, that Wednesday was the uh, FOMC. So 
the U.S. was giving or, you know, um, raising either potentially raising or keeping rates the same, they decided to raise rates. And so we saw a lot of volatility on those lower timeframes, simply because there's so much indecision, right? Because um, the U.S. announces their rate hike, and then we have Jerome Powell who speaks. And so a lot of where the chart goes depends on literally one person and what they're going to say at that time. So other than that, we basically traded sideways for the last week. Now on the weekly chart, we printed a doji candle. Now there are several different types of doji candles, but more important than the name of the candlestick is what the candle means or what it's showing us. So a doji always means indecision and could be potential reversal of a trend. It is a stall of the current trend. So since we are currently in a bullish uptrend, this doji that is formed can signal to us that we should pay attention to the next weekly candle. Basically, right now, we are trading right below an area that was previously huge support in spring to summer of 2021 before the push to $69,000 Bitcoin. We actually touched and rejected so far off the bottom of the wick from June, of June 22nd of 2021, which marked the bottom of that short bear market or reaccumulation phase. So uh, I believe it was exactly like 28,885, which was the low at the time. So it is expected that this area is to be heavy resistance because it was previously heavy support. And so when we broke below that, now we have to come back up and it takes a while, right? Because these are on the weekly timeframes. It's taking a while for us to come back up to retest that area to see if it still holds, or sorry, to see if it holds as resistance or if we can break above it and uh, find some support. So above, we still have the supply zone from 29,000 to 31,000 and demand zone below from 25,400 to 44,000. Uh, so the 200 SMA is currently sitting around 25,500. So that is a support to watch for as well, because as we trade sideways, those EMAs will start to slowly move up to um, meet price because price is a magnet for those SMAs. Um, on the daily chart, it is easier to see that we have been ranging between 26,600 and 28,800 this past week. Bitcoin is currently riding the 10 SMA on the daily time frame, and we can see that price has used it as support four, time now, four times now. And actually, currently, as we speak, I see um, the daily candle has broken below, but remember, we need to wait and see if that holds. Uh, generally, every time a support or resistance is tested, the weaker it becomes as it works its way through buy orders below and sell orders above. So in this case, as sellers sell into the buy orders waiting at a specific price, the less buy orders there are for sellers over time. So when you have all the buy orders filled and sellers still trying to sell, there is an imbalance and price will drop to find a price where buyers will step back in. That would usually be either a support line or a demand zone. Now the daily candles are still making higher lows, so buyers are still buying. Um, I wrote this last night, of course, and as we speak, um, if we do end up closing this daily candle uh, below previous support, uh, 27,220 ish, then we're gonna start making lower lows. Um, at this point, I would wait for a break below and rejection of that 10 SMA to short. I don't, I don't have a long trade setup on a daily because we're below heavy resistance. Um, so the better risk reward long trade right now would be to wait until we pull back and confirm support below around that 25,400 to 24,000 area. 
failure there and the 22,000 to 20,500 demand zone is next. Could we um, go up from right where we are? Yeah, of course, sure we could, right? But we're looking for the better risk reward trades. Uh, most altcoins are still waiting for Bitcoin. Bitcoin dominance is close to breaking resistance above, which means that whether Bitcoin breaks down or up, it will be leading the way and alts will likely either continue to trade sideways or bleed. And that depends on the altcoin itself. Um, traders still have to trade though. On my watch list, we have XRP was up 32% last week at a high of 49 cents before seeing some selling pressure. And now it's currently trading around 45 cents. Uh, Litecoin was actually up 25%, reaching a high of $96 before trading sideways for the remainder of the week and is currently trading still around like $92. So when I say traders still have to trade, I mean that traders will look for decent setups and you'll see, well, you know, while nothing's really happening with Bitcoin or with uh, some most altcoins, you'll still see some that will move because traders will still um, buy certain ones that are, let's say, around like a, a good support area. and with not much else um, moving, you'll see a lot of them flock to to those, especially if somebody with um, you know uh, a large order comes in to buy as well. And then a lot of traders who trade on momentum will have scanners, and they'll scan for that for that volume, and so they'll all jump in, right? Uh, now I posted a Solana chart because I shared one last on episode nineteen, so about five weeks ago. And the resistance trend line has been proven as an excellent place to short since then. Now, the trade setup that I had was to take a long if it broke above and held that line of support. Since February the 20th, when I, uh, when I shared that, it has rejected that resistance line six times. So this is why you do not take a trade until you have confirmation. Or if you're going to take it, you set a stop loss to keep the loss very, very small. So I should have known that sharing a potential long trade was the signal to short because I generally favor bearish setups. So I should have known. Uh, now, in the, overall, in the overall general market, no one knows what is happening. Bears, bulls, no one. Uh, so right now you just need to play the chart up and down, uh, use risk management, hold your crypto off centralized exchanges and just and diversify. Right now we're around 27,800. Well, no, 27,328 actually. Um, below, we have many supports before $10,000 Bitcoin. And above, we have many uh, resistances before all-time high. There's no need to get ahead of ourselves. It is fun to use analysis to guess where we could be at certain dates or seasons or how certain fundamentals will affect price. But just don't get too attached to one specific narrative because then you could miss signals for the other and end up in a position of being over uh, or underexposed. And that's my little bit for today. Uh, so now EJ will give the updates and analysis for the digital market for this upcoming week. Thank you. Thank you, Saber. I hope everything was a, a great weekend and we really appreciate all the analysis and uh, try to help protect the community as we can. We did have a very eventful week um, and it seems that like Saber said, everything seems to have just kind of moved sideways, pretty volatile. It's a pretty emotional market right now. Everything is... Uh, we hear one thing and then four hours later we hear something else tweeted out or we see the news come out and it's just been a roller coaster um it is very important to use risk management and if you can't really gauge your i am actually not hearing ej i might hop out and hop back in just to okay good okay perfect we did see from last week we're just going to go straight through everything the key events of last week on wednesday the federal reserve 
did raise interest, as Sabre had said, by a quarter percent from 4.75% to 5%, marking the ninth increase since since, uh, March 2022. Uh, The Fed expressed caution about the recent banking crisis and indicated that rate hikes could be nearing an end. However, when you do look around the economy and you see what other uh, banks are saying, they do not feel this at all. They definitely are on the opposite side of the spectrum and they encourage further rate hikes. Um, So be very cautious. It wouldn't surprise me if another massive uh, or not massive, just smaller rate hikes continue to just trickle for month to month to month. but just just be very cautious on that. The Fed, the FOMC stated that the future increases will depend on incoming inflation data and will closely monitor the situation. Whatever that means, uh, we do we can't take the government's word. Um, the change in language from ongoing increases to potentially limited policy firming signals out a shift in the Fed's approach to managing the inflation. And then that led into uh, Silicon Valley Bank. They were finally bought out. And if you guys have seen that, uh, F- well, the FCNCA is the ticker, uh, but the first Citizens Bank bought out uh, Silicon Valley Bank for literally, I would say, like pennies on the dollar of assets, billions of dollars, and well, pennies, pennies to them. Um, so this has been something to really look at. Uh, First Citizens is up fifth. What was it up? Forty five percent this morning. It is up from. Uh, I was looking earlier. I think it was up from like five hundred to nine hundred dollars a share. So everyone is definitely happy that that has that has occurred. And on the flip of things, everyone is kind of saying we are flying in bl- with the blind eyes right now. We don't even know where we're headed. We don't know what the fallout is going to be, and we don't know what the domino effect is going to happen. So this is very concerning, considering these statements are from others around the U.S. and people that are involved in the banking and the monetary system. But that is is to just kind of recap everything. Treasury, uh, the U.S. Treasury yields rose as well on Monday, which is very important. Uh, but these are great things that are happening. It is a sign that things might kind of be getting figured out. But that will lead me into the rest of everything. Uh, last week, the S&P 500 closed 1.39% up. The NASDAQ was up 1.6%. Dow Jones was up one18 And Russell 2000 was up 05 <clears throat> And then today for this week, on Monday, I don't really have anything big scheduled. It was really on my... Uh, I have this posted in the Discord in our market discussion channel, mainly just monitoring the news is what I'm looking at today. I might look for some overhyped shorts, uh, for instance. Uh, well, actually, I can't say that. That's financial advice. So I might just look for um, interesting plays. On Tuesday, the Senate Banking Committee will hold a hearing on bank failures. So Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, we will have some of the FDIC chairmen's and that is at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday. Wednesday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Intel will hold an investor webinar. So you can get on this if you're an investor, if you want to listen in. It will hold an investor webinar to provide an update on the company's data and AI business. Where are they headed with AI? This could be very interesting. 3.30 p.m., followed by Dell. So 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Dell CEO, um, 
Michael Dell will appear on the Bank of America top CEO call series. These will be very interesting considering they are two large companies on the same day. Thursday, uh, 12.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Federal Reserve Bank Richmond President Barkin will speak at the Virginia Council of CEOs event. So I would not be shocked if he changes his, his view on interest rates after what was published today. Um, the, so just don't be surprised by extra news. Friday, all day, it is the last trading day before Tesla re- releases its Q1 deliveries report. That will get very volatile all day Friday. Tesla, pay attention. 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Closely watch U.S. personal consumption um, index will be released. Economics expect a 4.7% year-over-year rise in the core PCE number for February and a 0.4% month-over-month versus the 0.6. If these numbers are off by 0.1 to 0.2%, the economy will or, or the, the charts will get very uh, emotional, as we have said, and they'll be all over the place. Uh, so Thursday and Friday, I definitely will be paying more attention than I will be at the beginning of the week. Um, and with that, guys, we just, just want to reiterate, be very cautious. Always have stop losses in play. Always monitor if you can. Uh, don't to the point where you stress yourself out. If you're stressing yourself out, it's because the position you're in is too large. Um, just be very cautious if you need help. Let us know. We have all this information posted in our Discord and the market discussion channel, and we are always here to help you. So with that, Bands, I'm going to pass it back to you. Thank you so much. Um, Saberstein, we have the announcements. Yeah, so I have four announcements this morning, and then we get to get to Lex to speak with him. Uh, So first, we held our first game night of the year last Tuesday with community members and founders joining to relax, hang out, play some script games and lobbies. Everyone seemed to enjoy it with 769 tuning in. So our goal is to host a game night once a month to provide a no-shell, fun alternative to the usual AMA grind and give listeners a chance to get to know the real people behind that PFP. Uh, secondly, reminder that Ignition Labs is open indefinitely now with no cap on how many sets of four elixirs you can burn to obtain a spaceship. Please join the Discord and follow the link in the announcements to get to the DAP where you can burn. And please do not burn on Stargaze. Uh, third, exciting announcements for holders of Bitcoin Ordinal Skellies. The Ordinals are now live on Magic Eden Bitcoin Marketplace. And anyone who holds both an OG Skelly and Skelly Ordinal will be receiving one additional elixir per month and a one-time, one-time airdrop of one randomly generated Ordinal Skelly. There are currently... 25 custom inscriptions remaining. So if you are interested, please join our Discord and go to the Skelly Ordinals channel to view the five different option packages, open a support ticket to begin your order, and EJ can guide you through the process. Uh, Lastly, there is no firm date yet for migration to Polygon. The bridge is currently being tested on mainnet using Treasury Skellies and so far is successful. Now when EJ and devs are satisfied and have completed all tests, an announcement will be made and we will be hosting an AMA to answer all of your questions. Uh, so many community sorry, so many community members took time out of their day in the past two weeks to help stress test the bridge on testnet and we really appreciate it. And thank you for your time and support. And yeah, that sounds scripted because it is. <laughs> it's a beautiful it thing. Good, it sounds so good though. Amazing. And then we got the, we got a little bit of the kids in the background. It's just it's just love it. It's just so awesome. Thank you. 
<laughs> it's perfect. Hey, you're, you're inevitably going to get some of that over here as well. I've got three kids up and running around. So I, I already heard it. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> yep. Yep. Real humans. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, fans. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Listen. I was trying to stop myself from the AI talk. I was I was going too far. Um, but good morning, Lex. I'm so glad you're here to join us um, and chat. So I want to get to it. You're the founder of Passage and Strange Clan, um, two two projects that uh, I don't you know if you want to explain how they are combined or how they work together. That'd be awesome. And um, there's so much going on. So maybe do you want to like start off about a little bit about what Strange Clan? and passages. And then um, we have some uh, some other questions about all the collabs and things you're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, Passage is, uh, in short, it's a creator platform. It's kind of like a social platform, um, but really meant for kind of like the next generation of creators. Uh, this is a place where we really wanted to create something that gives you a lot of the benefit of traditional social media, being able to connect, um, but really prioritizes ownership and pushes beyond kind of like the creator platforms of the past of the last generation, uh, gives people more tools to be able to make more uh, personal collaboration. We believe that um, the creators of today kind of have a, a new opportunity to have, you know, face-to-face -face, uh, more personal impact on their community. Um, that there are a lot of communities looking for ways to support creators they love, but they can't necessarily fly out. They can't, they can't attend a, a physical event or whatever. There's, there's creators all over the world, right? And we want to be able to bring people closer. Um, the Passage does a lot of those things, and there's some really unique ways that it's doing that in terms of how we bring people closer and um, how we uh, uh, just make that more personal uh, and more accessible and prioritize ownership. Strange Clan, uh, in connection to Passage, basically, you know, gaming is... Um, an important area of digital ownership uh, and of the social layer. So, right, if we're talking about social creators and ownership, gaming has intersected those spaces, you know, heavily. Whether it's Twitch streamers, whether it's um, you know people creating community in or around games. Uh, so, games has been an important area there. I don't think it's necessarily like the biggest vertical uh, in the social space. I think there's a lot of things that are. I think remote work, for instance, is going to be a huge catalyst. Um, for kind of the next generation of, of content creators and, and people creating in this new virtual space. But gaming is just exciting and it's fun and it kind of taps into our kind of creative heart as a team. Uh, we've been in the 3D virtual production space for over a decade now. And um, this particular studio I've been building for over five years, uh, six years. Oh, wow. It is now officially six years. I've been saying five years for so long, I just get used to it. Um, but it's been six years and um, <clears throat> we um, uh, built Strange Clan really because you can't, it, you can't have infrastructure come before application. It's just kind of pointless. Like there's this weird space where it's like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if you could own all of your Fortnite customizations or all of your Call of Duty customizations that you paid so much money for, right? And either resell them when you're done or this one's particularly unique and valuable. So you could own it as clout, whatever, like get other utility out of the stuff that you're investing in. And so somebody goes and builds the infrastructure, right? Great. Now we can do it. But there isn't a Fortnite for it, right? There is no game that's actually doing that. Uh, so I think projects like Strange Clan and Bushi, um, because we're building the infrastructure alongside the application, 
Uh, and there's ways to do that by incentivizing teams and creators and builders as well. But, but again, for us, we wanted these things to be so connected uh, for there to be a, a really real, tangible um, leveraging of the technology in the application. Um, so StrangeClan is, is a lot of ways. It's, it's been the testing ground and kind of the proving ground for can this ownership model work? Um, can we create this kind of independent um, game, gaming studio that, um, you know, uh, builds itself out of this principle of ownership? And so far, it's been a huge success. Okay, so, okay, so if I were to uh, say, uh, understand what Passage, Passage is the meeting place, the, is, is Passage the, the metaverse part of it, or is it just the meeting part of it? And is Strange Clan like the metaverse or like the game arm of the passage project yes i mean okay this is the way i would phrase it strange clan is a world building on passage right it's a game that is integrating the passage infrastructure so imagine this here's here's some practical examples of what it's going to look like for uh strange clan to be building on passage but also for other games in the future to be building on passage the idea is that if you have a character in strange clan right um, one of the collaborations we're doing right now, we're working with Royce59, um, big hip hop artist, uh, and we're going to be doing, you know, for instance, virtual concerts, right? Where you could attend a concert uh, with your community, with Royce, or, or talks and go see, you know, Royce talking live to other artists. Um, because Strange Clan uh, integrates Passage, you could attend as your Passage or as your Strange Clan avatar, as a Strange Clan character, right? Your character leaves the game right and can go into any other part of the ecosystem and if we if you had like a, and those games could actually build utility so like if you came in as your strange clan avatar you could have another game that lets you use let's say there's a brawler built on the passive platform you wink wink right like maybe this is something that'll actually happen um and um uh you could use your strange clan avatar but you could also use maybe your bushy avatar or whatever you know what i mean like uh you could bring in characters from different games in a fun kind of platform smash bro style brawler right but there could also be really fun things like there's a leaderboard for the different communities right where it's not simply that like it's not simply a cosmetic there could actually be a real utility uh because of the relationship between the smart contracts right it's not just like well yeah we have that 3d file too it's like no there could be meaningful information that's shared because they're integrated through the passage protocol. And then on the other side of things, um, you could be streaming. Uh, let's say you're, let's say you're, uh, you're playing strange clan and you're a, a streamer, right? You're, you're uh, broadcasting this on Twitch or whatever uh, with passage because of it's, because of some of the tools that we have for uh, interaction and communication, you could actually, instead of watching somebody play the game just on a two dimensional screen, you can be one of those little passage pucks. So for anybody who's seen the most recent uh, product video for passage, you could be one of those passage pucks following the character around, right? Following the streamer. So like, let's say. Um, I actually pinned it to the top. If you guys want to see it, um, there's some video of the heaven and and the, the pucks as well as an interview that Lex was having with Royce. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yep, yep. And so the idea is that, um, <clears throat> you know, streamers could do things like, you could have a premium membership for a, a prominent streamer where, you know, 10 or so many people get to actually follow them around in the game rather than following along from a video stream. So there's a lot of cool things that, that you get 
from integrating this technology where it just opens up games a lot more um, and it becomes more connected. It's not siloed. Okay. So as long as you're building on the passage, um, sorry, Saber, I just saw you uh, hit the mic. Um, as long as you're building on the passage, avatars or whatever can kind of go like quote unquote cross chain or cross game. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Because the idea is that um, the passage protocol uh, we're basically keeping track of the point. The whole point of the passage blockchain is to be able to keep track of really important high level elements, right? Okay. You own this avatar. Cool. So wherever you go in any passage enabled uh, platform, right? whether it's a passage social platform or a passage game or a passage workplace, whatever, um, you have those things with you. And that starts with your NFTs, right? Your avatars, whatever. But it also includes your identity, uh, your relationships, right? So the idea being that we could have social platforms build on passage where you can't block somebody from their followers because they could just go, they could bring those followers to a different platform, right? And there will come a point in adoption where uh, social platforms can pop up overnight to solve needs for, you know, uh, uh, suppressed voices, right? For people sound, who aren't uh, being heard. It kind of sounds almost like a sub DAO. Like you have the DAO and then you have the little sub DAOs within the DAO that are, you know, working to get themselves. In a heard. lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, because the idea is that passage itself isn't necessarily a platform. We will build kind of the first iteration of the platforms, right? Like the da- our dashboard is going to have kind of a um, a default social feed, right? Where you can share posts and videos and things like that. We're working with OmniFlix to incorporate their streaming tools and things like that. Um, but the idea being that we'll start those things, but we want 10, 20 social platforms to build on Passage. Uh, and this is part of why Royce was really excited about Passage was the openness of, of you owning your relationships, right? Somebody else doesn't control your followers and say, hey, I know you brought a million people to Instagram, but we're only going to let you reach 10,000 of them unless you pay us for ads. Or we don't like your opinion, so we're not let you going to reach any of them. You have to leave, but your followers stay here with us. It's like, no, if I leave, my followers go with me. That's how it works on Passage, right? That those people can go with you across different Passage-enabled platforms. Wow, um, Sabra, you had your your mic off, so I want to let you. Ask. <clears throat> Sorry, I should. I just had a comment. I was just say it makes me so happy to hear Lex um, shuffling his cards. <laughs> yep, that is uh, always present because it's not it's not an interview with Lex unless you hear the card shuffling. <laughs> accurate, accurate. It actually calms me down because I'm always super nervous anytime I'm I'm, I'm on the mic, no matter what. I'm always yeah. nervous, but hearing you shuffling the card is kind of like okay, it's okay. Yep, it's okay. It's just, it's all real. We're just hanging out here. So, um, on that, I, as I was talking about, like, you know, how it was like a DAO and maybe like a sub DAO. Do you guys have like a governing council or or a DAO or a government kind of over a strange clan? Uh, not right now. I mean, basically, this is the thing: is that um, <clears throat> it's early. It's really early. Um, we would love all of those things. I mean, we have this kind of mythological council. Uh, I, we haven't even really defined with the council, but like when we, you know, make posts and stuff like that, often the voice of the social or strange clan speaks from the perspective of, you know, the council says this, the council says that, right. Um, 
And so I love the idea that that could be a real council where we have, you know, people who, oh, okay. for whatever reason. Because uh, I kept, so I keep, I keep seeing the council word around. Yeah. And that's what I was like, maybe they have like a governing body or something like that. Right, um, right. So you were talking about um, Royce, the uh, Royce D59. And yep. you uh, were saying about kind of like working with him. I saw the had like an interview. You were like in pucks and it actually made it feel like you were there. Because yeah. the pucks are kind of like moving a little bit with your body movement. So it just kind of, I don't know, it was just a good experience. Um, I also saw that you have something called heaven. So yep. I wanted to ask you um, what that's about, the heaven experience. Yeah. Um, so instead of talking about, you know, things that, you know, you would like to do, I, I want to talk about like what you guys are doing, you know. So um, what is the, uh, what's going on with Royce? And then after that, what happened with like, the thing with um, the cast members from everything all at once everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah absolutely. So if you can touch on those and then um, thank you. Oh, I love that. No, no, no. Those, those are super connected. So basically. I love we, that movie by the way. Oh, oh my God. Freaking good. Seven and the fact, awards. Um, the fact that data won freaking. Yes. Oh my God. I was crying. Oh, dude, and I'm a huge Goonies fan. Right. Um, so yeah. So I mean, well, yeah. So Goonies and then Indiana Jones. I mean, yeah. Like that just made me so happy. Such a good actor. Um, and then, uh, Michelle Yeoh, I mean, just my goodness. She's oh my gosh. Incredible. She's fantastic. Yep, but anyways, yep. okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and this is the thing is, so we, we still love that team. We've been talking to them recently. Like we're still collaborating. Um, and, um, basically just the timing for nostalgia. And we, we talked about this with the community. We had to adjust the timing because it's such a big endeavor that we were trying to do. Um, and there was just a lot of speculative elements in it with it because we realized, okay, we're putting a lot of strain on the platform at a point when we should be like, just, just getting the infrastructure and technology running. Um, so between timing with their schedule and our schedule, we just said, Hey, we've got to, we've got to move this, but we're still talking with that. We're still talking with all of those artists. They're like uh, Oswin Benjamin, who is another hip hop artist, Mickey Fax, uh, other people who are involved uh, in the, the project. Riza, um, we've still been in communication. Like we basically told everybody, hey, we have to pause for a beat because we want to make sure that we kind of prove these concepts first. And Royce was one of the people who basically was like, again, we were talking to at the time. We hadn't talked, we hadn't announced yet that we were talking to him um, when we when we decided we had to uh, adjust the timing for nostalgia. That was the event, and and the thing was, we had a lot of things that. Um, you know, we had motion capture to do uh, because the whole idea was we're going to have um, it's just, it was a really wild event. Right. And something that's never been done before. And, and we decided we want to plan this out more carefully, essentially. Um, and um, the so the Marshall Club team who worked on everything, everywhere, all at once uh, was going to be a part of that. Um, and again, all of this is stuff that like basically we still have. Uh, we still have all the material that we've kind of had set up for that. Uh, we have a ton of original content and we're just kind of waiting for the right timing to make sure that, um, and, and here's the thing, the technology is only getting better, right? Move AI is an AI motion capture platform, um, that I've talked with their founders and, um, really incredible team, but the opportunities for us to make this event more accessible for more people, more affordable is just growing rapidly. Um, so point being the timing is only getting better, but we just had to kind of pivot a little bit. Uh, but what came out of that was now we have all these relationships with these incredible creators and Royce was one of them. And 
Royce wanted to build to have an experience. Uh, and Kino, his manager, basically told me uh, when we brought them into Passage for the first time, he said, we've been looking for over a year for exactly what you are showing me right now. They were looking for a platform where they could extend their reach and have a more personal engagement. And you'll see, um, I mean, you can see in the interview that I did with Royce, uh, they're all on his, the, all the segments uh, for the first interview are on his YouTube channel. We have more interviews that are dropping uh, with other artists, with other members of Royce's team. Um, and there's gonna be another really cool drop this week. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I think they'll probably be announcing what it is today. Um, and then the content we're creating together uh, will drop later this week. But it's been a really organic collaboration. And in that interview that I had with Royce, he was talking about the difficulties with platforms like Instagram, Twitter, uh, where he has millions of followers, right, across his social platforms. And the problem is that he, only, he knows he is only able to reach a fraction of a percentage of those people because uh, basically, you know, Instagram and Twitter, these, these platforms are incentivized only to push his content when he pays them, right? Oh, you've got, you know, a million plus followers, like, that's cool. If you pay us for ads, you could reach all of them, right? And so he was just excited to be able to have a more organic interaction with the people who really care, right? And what's cool about Passage is it allows you to get in front of the people who care in a way that is organic and very um, uh, voluntary, right? It's people get to opt in and creators get to opt in, right? It's not the platform deciding who gets to connect and how they get to connect. So he's building the heaven world uh, on Passage because he wants to be able to have these organic interactions. So it's going to be everything from interviews to experiences. Um, and, um, you know, the people who, who um, get passes for this world or actually participate in you know, even things like royalties for the track. Like it's really cool. The collaboration he's created because he wants to um, have a more organic relationship with his community. He wants his community to be the one standing behind the studio, not some label. Oh, so he's building this on your on passage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The Heaven Experience is... is Heaven Studio, which is Royce's studio. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so yeah. that you're kind of giving a place for a place for people to build. Okay, this is starting to to come together in my mind and make a lot of sense. I think that that is fantastic. Um, my other question is, I, well, I did have a comment. I think it's awesome where you kind of were like, okay, well, I'm getting excited about these connections you were making, but then, you know, kind of like taking a step back and like not trying to like, you know, expose yourself, you know, and not be ready. You know what I mean? So I, I really think that that says a lot about your project and you as a leader. Um, so. I do have a question from somebody in the audience, a uh, Mr. Robo. <laughs> he was wondering, how is the relationship with Akash as you have been working with them as your web service? Um, is that correct? And how yeah, has yeah. that been? I mean, it's been incredible. For one, Greg has become like a, a friend through a lot of this process. Uh, just an incredible dude. You know, we've spoken at conferences together and, um, yeah, just every, every time we talk, he brings a lot of insight to what we're doing um, in a unofficial capacity. He's been advising our team even on um, the development of the platform and, and how we approach even like things like the token and tokenomics. Um, he's just a brilliant dude. 
obviously we can see he's he's incredibly innovative um he's a proven leader in terms of bringing products to market um in, in his past history before akash and then what they're building at akash uh and i just love the akash product uh and now that gpus are live in the private test net um i mean it's going to be wild it's going to be absolutely wild uh what's possible between akash and, and passage because we have the ability to not only bring people closer together but make it more accessible um make the, it more affordable than ever before uh so and, and, and to decentralize it further, right? Because we want uh, constantly to be creating the opportunity to decentralize each layer of this infrastructure. The decentralization is a great bridging mechanism because it allows you to create something um, quickly, quickly, efficiently, and create a good experience. Uh, and then decentralization allows you to make it you know, more, more uh, fair and open uh, and um, you know, incentivize ownership in the process. So. Yeah, I mean, that collaboration is, is alive and well, and, and we've been actively uh, uh, working together, you know, advising and um, just kind of looking for uh, how we can continue to kind of bridge these, these systems. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, okay, Amanda, she had, uh, Saberstein had some questions. Um, I wanted to give her a chance to ask her questions. And Thank you. Um, so Lex, I read in the Discord actually just last night that you've been calling Passage Shopify meets Roblox. Can you explain yes. what that means? It's interesting. So I'd yeah. love to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so basically, I mean, it's Roblox without the extortion and it's Shopify with uh, better integration. I mean, there's, there's a really interesting uh, nexus here between like Shopify, WordPress, Roblox, because what's cool about Roblox is there's you create worlds and they're overlapping, right? But it's 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 borderline extortion um, for the fees that they're charging, and just creators are basically royally screwed through the process. Uh, they get like like if you think Apple charges a lot, Apple charges thirty percent on on Roblox. You get less than thirty percent of what you create uh, of the fee. So it's just and then not only that, not only do you get thirty percent, but if you try to convert, they pay you in Robux, and if you try to convert that to cash. They take another like 60. It's just ridiculous. It, it converts at a one to three ratio or something. Um, so just we need more more creator platforms. Um, and obviously it's targeted towards a younger audience and, and Passage is going to be a very broad audience, primarily targeted for, towards um, adult creators, um, not really targeted to kids, but that's a, that could be a thing. Um, and, and really meant for everything from gaming, workplace collaboration, entertainment, uh, content creators, things like that. Uh, and events and things things along those lines. So it, it, it kind of, we compare it to Roblox in that sense, but it's a place of commerce, right? It's with, with, with Roblox, it's almost inappropriate that people are spending money in this because it's all kids, right? Um, but for Passage, we want that to be an important part of it. We want people to do business here, right? To sell their products in a way where, you know, when you buy a t-shirt, you can actually... Um, you know, wear that T-shirt within your Passage avatar, things like that. Just creating real connections between the virtual and the physical, not making people bound to the virtual, but that there'd be a, a real overlap between the virtual and the physical, right? Uh, what Passage is seeking to do is just make the virtual more like the physical because we have to use it um, and, and also give people the opportunity to better leverage virtual so they can spend time in the physical in the ways that are important to them. For instance, if I can collaborate with my team through Passage, which we do, um, it gives me a better ability to connect with my team 
while still being able to work from home and be near my family physically. So balance, right? Um, so that's kind of where the Shopify Roblox comparison comes from. It's a, it's a creator's commerce place, right? Um, it's, it's, we're trying to create the depth and openness of a creator platform like Roblox, pushing the limits there as well, but also the, um, the opportunity for creators to have real commercial success like Shopify, right? Shopify just enabled a whole generation of creators uh, and influencers to, um, to build businesses, to, to monetize what they were doing, to start up businesses, right? Uh, in a way that they wouldn't have been able to otherwise because it would have required more infrastructure, you know, maybe a developer to put together a website for it, whatever, you know, it's just, it really opened the door for people. And that's what we're looking to do. I love it. And thank you so much for the examples. It definitely helps me to understand what you mean when you use the examples. So thank you. Um, now, uh, going over to Strange Clans. In 2021, we saw the crypto gaming wave of play to earn that proved to be an unsustainable model for long-term gameplay. Now, I know you kind of touched on this, but if you could expand upon it. So what is play to own and how will Strange Clans utilize this model? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. This is an experiment in progress, right? Like this is not over yet. And the, the problem is what's unique about Strange Clan is this. Um, a lot, tons and tons of games raised millions of dollars, right? Um, in that big wave of, you know, play to earn, whatever, Web3 gaming. But very few even saw the, saw the year through, right? Like very few people actually survived, right? Um, and we, yeah, we um, are unique in the fact that for one, we were able to continue building for, you know, shoot. Um, it's been almost two years now. I mean, it's, 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 we've made a lot of progress in a short period of time. Uh, I guess it's about, so, so it was October, 2021. So we're talking about a year and a half. Um, we made a lot of progress in a short period of time. And because we already had experience kind of in this industry of game, not game development specifically, but virtual production and working uh, around the 3D development space, we have incredible relationships with um, industry proven game development teams like Digital Void and Serve Reality that we've been working with, who work with teams like Square Enix and Ubisoft. Um, and we've just been able to do it in a more sustainable way, right? A lot of people, they didn't know what they're doing. So they probably wasted tons and tons of money on, you know, trailers and speculative concepts to just raise more money, right? Rather than just building the product, right? Um, you know, putting money into uh, uh, community initiatives that create hype, but don't actually create a game. And I think that's a big part of it is we're going to have to get past that stage of, and only a few teams have survived that stage of kind of immaturity where everybody thought, Oh, if I just raise enough money, I can make a game. And people would raise millions and sometimes hundreds of millions. But it's so easy to waste that money if you don't know what you're doing, right? If you don't even have the ability to evaluate who's building this, this product. So again, part of it is just getting past kind of the immature stage of, of you know, kind of lack of experience and being able to bring more vetted teams into the space. Uh, and then part of it is figuring out these models, right? We, we haven't actually figured out these models because we haven't seen almost any, you know, triple uh, uh, A sized games built with Web3 infrastructure, right? And, and certainly not like, you know, with any proven success record thus far, right? So it's still, it's still a uh, experimental process. But for us, we believe there's a huge opportunity to um, 
it's going to be a balance because gamers don't care about earning money, right? And so the the fundamental assumption that a lot of games had that like, oh, like if you could game but make money doing it, people would love it. And it's like, no, honestly, in a lot of areas that actually compromises the joy of gaming because it's like, that's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for fun. And so if there's money at stake, if it's risky, then it becomes work. It becomes a job, even if the gameplay is the same. Um, so it's, it's, it's being able to separate who are the people who are interested in the, um, the economic development of the game, right? And who are the people who are just interested in playing the game? And you have to make space for both classes of people in your ecosystem. I think that's one of the biggest failures that a lot of people made early on was that assumption that like, oh, of course, gamers would love to get paid for what they're doing. It's like, maybe, um, but at the same time, the way they get paid might be very different, right? Like streaming the game you play and getting paid for that or getting sponsors for that is very different than having economic incentive and economic risk built into the game itself, right? You can be an incredible streamer and actually be no good at the game uh, and then have no financial risk within the game because you're just a good personality, right? People enjoy the, the character that you're, you're creating on screen. So I think that's a big part of it, right? It's like, how do you bring in the masses of people who just want to play games and tie those incentives together to the smaller group of people who want to support the economic layer of the ecosystem? I said a lot of things. Does that help? Yes. Clarify? And <laughs> yes. And, you know, actually, you touched on a, a, a couple of things. Um, firstly, actually, I really appreciate whenever I come into the Strange Clan Discord, because I've been in there for quite a while. Um, I always appreciate that both yourself and the team, like none of you guys are worried about price, right? Mm, Anytime anybody's yeah. like, oh, you know, like the, the floor price isn't high enough or we paid yeah. this. You're like, we're, we're trying to build long term, right? We don't care right. about the price right now. And I actually really appreciate that because I think that's important going forward when you're building long term. Because I know mm. in the video I saw that early access, sorry, I believe is 2025, if I heard correctly. So yeah, this is yeah. like a ways out. This is a ways out. So why why would you care about floor price necessarily right now speaking? Right? You guys yeah, are still trying to build, build, build. And it, it's always a balance, right? Because here's the thing. <clears throat> when you bring people in early on, you are taking on a unique responsibility, right? You are now responsible for the goodwill of the community, right? Especially when you have a community that has supported you as as deeply as a strange fan community has. So <laughs> Uh, a, a really overwhelming insight is that um, right now, Strange Clan has done more volume, more mint sales, and more uh, like like aftermarket sales than any other entire NFT marketplace in Cosmos. Strange Clan by itself, right? Um, <clears throat> that's a huge responsibility, right? And we take that incredibly seriously because it's a sign the community believes in it, right? The community is willing to spend their hard-earned money <clears throat> to take part in this ecosystem. And the question is, what do they want, right? <clears throat> and I would say it's it's really the minority of people in the strange clan community that want um, <clears throat> to kind of be paid out right now, right? And it's tough because you have people who are just hodlers, right? They bought at the beginning and they're going to hodl until they see this thing through to the end. And you have people who are traders, right? Who they bought at the beginning. I just saw somebody post on Twitter <clears throat> that, um, oh shoot, what was it? They said they bought a total of uh, eight. Something like eight strange clan characters for a 500 atom and sold all of them for a total of 8,000 atom. Um, and so you're talking about there like a, oh goodness, um, like a 16x. Um, 
And that's great. I'm so I'm so happy for those people. But again, like <clears throat> um, every that that's a speculation, right? That's a it's different incentives, right? Um, because that person for a while was out of the community because they sold all their strange clan NFTs, right? So it's it's there's, there's different motivations, and we have to factor those things in because when you create the opportunity for people to engage at this level, right? To to buy into uh, the experience, buy into the community with the NFTs you're responsible for them at that point, right? And people might have unreasonable expectations. People might not get it, but it's still an important thing to us. And so we do want um, to create opportunities for people, to create engagement. Uh, and so that's why we try to communicate regularly. We try to put out good content that would help people to see where this is going, right? And, and we do want to deliver early. So, you know, 2025 is, is the main game. That's our goal for Strange Clan uh, uh, proper. Um, but at the same time, we have a lot of things we want to do with the IP in the meantime, right? We have smaller games. We have ways that the Strange Clan uh, community is going to interact on Passage. We're building the Strange Clan community world on Passage, where basically we can do like Strange Clan uh, uh, GM tidings, like Twitter spaces um, inside Passage as our Strange Clan avatars hanging out within the Strange Clan world, right? Before the game is live. But then also doing things like, you know, uh, uh, smaller games and, and bringing the strength and IP into other games so people can enjoy uh, the, the ecosystem they've bought into before we have the complete game. But again, all of this is a huge experiment. Like what other game has successfully done something like this, right? Where <clears throat> they brought in a community and then had things for people to do before the game was live, right? I mean, shoot, I've seen huge MMOs that raised tens of millions of dollars. Um, and I'm still getting email updates years later, like after investing in the Kickstarter or something like that, right? I'm still just getting email updates, right? That's basically the, the, the best I've been able to engage with this giant difficult balancing act. Um, but, you know, it's not just about the future. We do care about the sentiment now. We do care about, I wouldn't say I care specifically about floor price. So you're totally correct in that. I, I constantly point people to average sale price, right? Which again, those things aren't the most important even now, but it speaks a lot that the average price, the average sale, the average person who sells out of the clan, right, is getting substantially more than they put into it, right? That makes me happy, right? It's, it's not a perfect metric. It's not the most important thing, but it does make me happy. Perfect. And yeah, I love to hear all these updates. I'm super excited. I know you guys have already had some um, fun games that you've played. You even had... Um... Uh, was it, I believe it was Ponzi, I don't want to misspeak, that created um, a Discord game. Yeah. Discord game that was yep. pretty fun too. Yep, so um, it's really, yeah. Well, it's just really cool to see that um, other people are are focusing on the community as well. And yeah. it's not just necessarily the core team, right? right. Yep. Uh, I have one, one last question because I am somewhat of a gamer. I've, I used to game a lot more when I was younger. But so I have some experience with this, but gamers that aren't familiar with crypto, like the gamers that I talk to in real life, they mm -hmm. don't care for NFTs. They don't care for setting up a wallet. They don't care for token price. They don't want to deal with a volatile asset that's tied to their NFTs, like a volatile token. So how will you market and onboard these Web2 gamers into strange clients and what will there be for them? Yeah, I mean, shoot, we've got almost 70,000 followers on TikTok, just about none of which are crypto people. They're all mainstream people who to their dying, you know, basically to their very core hate NFTs. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so we've had to deal with that problem face to face because we actually have access to a large consumer market that has no interest and, and usually uh, uh, quite ill will towards Web3. Um, 
So for us, um, yeah, I mean, hundred percent, we want to be able to um, bring those people in and it's just, it's just creating two paths, right? It's uh, here's the thing. It shouldn't scare anybody that we bring in people who don't want NFTs, right? And they buy into the system without buying an NFT, right? We need to have those options because what that actually means, think about the strength and ecosystem, right? Let's say there is, you know, $10 bajillion of value in the strength and ecosystem. If a web three person comes in, they expect ownership, right? And so they're going to take a chunk of that value and, and leverage it in whatever way, right? Um, <clears throat> whether it's through the, the different economic systems where they can kind of speculate, whatever, you know, there's different ways that people will be able to engage with the economy, buying and selling NFTs, whatever that may be. Um, but if a web two person comes in, they bring more value into the system by paying for the game, right? And they take none of it because they don't want any ownership. Like, I love that. That to me is exciting. I would love to have those people in our ecosystem because they only give and they take nothing, right? Because they can't take anything because they don't want to opt into Web3, right? You can have zero ownership. Like, that's totally fine with me because those people are going to come into the ecosystem and see how the, the owner-oriented people are playing. They're going to see, oh, shoot, like, those people's characters can do this or go into, they, they can take them into other things, whatever that may be, whatever the ownership limited elements will be, right? And there's a big difference between, because you, you still have a third class of people. You have <clears throat> people who just want to play, but they want ownership, right? And they might buy an NFT, <clears throat> but they're not going to buy a Genesis character necessarily, right? Now, again, they're still bringing value into the system, but they're extracting minimal value. They're only taking out the value they brought in, right? They bought, a, they bought a character, right? We've called these recruits in the past, non-Genesis characters, right? Um, and all they want is to be able to bring their character somewhere else. So they just take out the value they brought in. Perfect, right? And then you have the non-NFT people who bring none of the value out that they took in because they're not interested in NFTs. Okay, well, each is own. And then you have people who are interested in the economic layer. Now, these are Genesis holders, right? These are people who they... Um, <clears throat> They bought into the Genesis collection. Many of them bought multiple characters, not because they're going to play all those characters, because they want a proportionate uh, opportunity in the economic layer of the game, right? This might be things like owning land. This might be things like being able to run a shop. Um, this might be things like being able to be involved in some of the trade systems in the game or, you know, collecting fees off of trading systems, right? And so those are really important because it's a separate category, right? And this way, we don't have to try and build a game that's only interesting for economic reasons because there's this much smaller group of people who care about that, right? We can build a game that's just fun to play, but the economic layer is accessible to the people who want it. So, perfect. I don't know much more what I can say, like much more of what I can say except perfect, because um, it just sounds like you're going to appeal to the entire, like every audience that you could, and that's exactly what I think um, a game like this should do so mm. thank you so much thank you so much for sharing your thoughts your insight the behind the scenes and answering my questions i appreciate it so much thank you very much oh it's a pleasure ej you've been so quiet i know we've gone over our hour mark but i just wanted to make sure before we um wrapped it up that you didn't have anything you'd like to ask or all right I just want to add one thing quickly. Um, we did the market analysis earlier, but I did put up a headline, Binance and CZ sued by CFTC over regulatory violations. Um, we are down. So when we last spoke, we were around 27,000 something. We're down to 
just below 27,000. So we have broken below that 10 SMA, like we've definitely broken below. So just, uh, just watch out that that next uh, demand zone was like 25.4, 25.5. So just look out there. Thanks, Saber. It looks like EJ, are you back? Just wanted to uh, give you a chance to either ask a question um, before we. Yeah, no, sorry. I was, I was in and out getting phone calls. So uh, I, I don't have many questions. I do know that you guys are building such a layered, a layered, uh, not just a project, but in a sense of business. So curious to see how it all goes. Uh, a lot of people talk about metaverse and gaming and all this and that, those niche words. But I am very, I'm very uh, interested in what's going to happen because over your last partnership, um, I forgot whom it was with, but you brought him up earlier, the, the the name you mentioned. But it was it was definitely it's interesting to see more more eyes starting to 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 just kind of realize the potential that can happen when you have the when you have the full the full stack team, uh, mm. everything to do it, it, it works and it helps so much. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and it's so cool because, uh, so we're working with Royce 5.9, but what's really epic about the collaboration is that like, this is somebody who has the respect of like huge names in the hip hop industry. Like just by asking, he got uh, DJ Khaled who has 33 million followers to share our video on his feed. Um, So like just the, the unique opportunity to kind of get in front of a, a really large audience and and show the opportunity for more human collaboration and connection in this space is is wild. So feel super blessed. You know, I, I believe it's by the grace of God that we have these opportunities and we're going to do our best to really kind of uh, put a good face for the cosmos um, as we're trying to bring in these mainstream people and show them, hey, there's a big opportunity in in ownership but also just in 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 connecting more in a more human way and it's happening in cosmos yeah i agree it's a it's going to be great to you know you build one network you you know your network is your net worth right you build one relationship with one person and from there the possibilities are limitless certain people are the face others do the back end others do different aspects of the of the company but very, very intrigued and um, hats off to you guys for, for, I mean, really at any point you could have given up because there hasn't been too much happening within Cosmos. And it's great to see that you guys push through everything. Um, and we guys have any, you know, any integration with ZK or, or I would say any Solidity, any way anybody can uh, use your contracts with Solidity contracts in the future or anything along those lines? Absolutely. So we just we've been talking to the community, and right now we have a, a list of um, EVM uh, uh, chains and and layer two zk rollups, uh, things like uh, Arbitrum, Arbitrum, Optimism, um, <clears throat> and I believe Polygon, um, as well as just you know uh, uh, Ethereum, that we want to connect to the marketplace so that we could have support for assets across these different ecosystems so people can leverage you know a, an evm uh, nft to get access to an event right so like collections like you know various ethereum collections um could use passage for exclusive events for different community uh, integrations for games from their ecosystems 
And those NFTs could be used to get access to those or for customizations or whatever, you know, used as to integrate within those games. Yeah. Um, I know you're really busy and everything, but if you got time, I'd like to reach out to you because we have our gaming hub that we're designing and it's more of the arcade style coming to web, web three, right? But we want to be able to token gate certain events, tournaments, um, and host as we like. And we do know on metaverses on that are built on solidity in a sense that the it's just it's just easier to do. And that was one thing that was very interesting. If you guys could bring that all together, and I'd be I'd be very, uh, you know, I can't give away too much, but like it'd be pretty awesome to have like a metaverse in a sense where you walk in, it's just a massive arcade, right? And those are all of our video games, and each each game. You know, we have whatever you just remember back in the day, you, you go to the gate, you go to the arcade with your, you know, your mom and pop drop you off, give you some money and you're playing against the person right beside you. Right. you like, you got your buttons. Yeah. And yeah. so like back in that, like you walk up to a machine, you can play each other one V one, or you can play against the computer and you can continue to put like our token is called Starlace. It's literally just an in-app token. And it's just like putting tokens into the, the arcade. You can continue to keep playing yep. and playing. And as you beat the levels and missions and games, you unlock lore, which in the metaverse we could it'd be it's a lot to do and it also takes a lot of money. But um I'm curious to see what we could discuss after this is over. Dude, dude, nobody knows better. Nobody knows better the cost and process for building games than I mean I say okay. Very few people. Almost, I'm saying nobody in Cosmos <laughs> knows better than I do. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Because we've, I mean, we sh- shoot, man, we're, we're, we're not just in the process of building one game, um, but we're consulting and advising. We're not, we're not, we're not going to pretend like we can build all these games ourselves, right? We're a small team. But again, because of the partners that we have and the partnerships that we have, we have a unique opportunity to build um, <clears throat> uh, uh, or, or to consult and bring a lot of small games into Passage, right? So we have teams right now that we're consulting. And again, not to give away too much, that aren't just building like, Oh, they're building a game that passages going, but they're building collections of games. Like you said, like this, this arcade concept is perfect. Um, and, and one example that's public that we can talk about is, is Metawawa, right? Uh, it's basically a, a, a Chihuahua arcade in a lot of senses, right? Now, <clears throat> if we can start to connect these things so it becomes bigger and bigger, right? And we bring in your arcade from the EVM space and, and you know, shoot, you could have somebody who, um, well, we're going to get into some big concepts here because passages, it's, it's meant to be really organic. So there's going to be some really cool things that people can create. Um, I, I love this idea of being able to aggregate. Like you could build a passage world that's not a unique world. It's just a collection of worlds, right? Brought together, right? And maybe you're an influencer who has the opportunity to um, kind of like a distributor, right? Bring people into this collection of worlds, almost like a TV channel is an aggregate of shows, right? Um, and <clears throat> whatever, wild things that we could do totally the right concept uh and you know in chihuahua for example right it's a collection of small mini games right it's 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 you know it's mario party it's smash bros it's these these small fun experiences where you're actually there right because at one point you're running around in the world with these people and then you jump into a game together just like that arcade concept and in the community hub you could be in one breath you could go from a talk where somebody's talking about um in the auditorium you could have somebody's putting out a presentation about a new um 
uh, 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 blockchain proposal that's coming up, right? You could like go and vote, like walk over to a stand and vote on that proposal live, right? With your buddy and then go walk into the uh, arcade or the gaming uh, area and jump into an FPS match with your buddy. So it's like, that's exactly the kind of thing that we want. And then with, with what you're doing, now there's a door in there. And when you go through that door, now you're in your arcade world, right? And we can connect these things like one giant virtual mall, right? Um, but just way better. Yes. Ex- ex- word for word, that's exactly what you had in mind. And uh, yeah, it, it is, like I said, it, it comes down to how much does it cost? How much can you build? How, you know, proper, there, proper steps. There, there is most certainly a meeting of the minds happening right now. And I love it. And I'm so excited. Um, here's what I'm thinking. I know we're going over. We usually only do in 45 minutes to an hour, but Lex, I don't know if you have an extra, maybe 10, 15 minutes um, available so that maybe we can see if anybody from the crowd has any questions for you. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay. I, because usually we try to respect the hour time. Um, I know that some people were saying they would like to ask some questions. So I kind of want to open it up to the floor, see if anybody wants to come up before we kind of, you know, let the meeting of the minds continue. We got EJ and Lex going, just going back and forth. It's a fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you have a question, you guys can raise your hand or whatever, step up. Any questions in regards to really anything that Lex has discussed or maybe yep. something? We got Robo. Yep. I'll speak to any of it. Hit me. Here comes Robo. Oh, hello, darling. Uh, what a great show. And um, until you said people could come up, I was sitting there quiet. But I do have a question for Lex, and it's regarding uh, Kudos and their uh, rendering uh, layer. Uh, Lex, obviously, Akash, we, we know about your journey, et cetera, et cetera. But have you looked at Kudos and what they're doing and the, what they're trying to do with like the rendering things, yeah? Who is this? Kudos, Kudos. They're uh, how do you spell it? I uh, C U D O S. They're an IBC enabled chain. They're like a cost. They started out on Ethereum, but uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're trying to really focus. They've got a different marketplace model to a cost, but they're they're really trying to liberate this like rendering problem that you guys have. Well, not mm-hmm. but everyone's mm-hmm. got right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I'll look into it. I actually hadn't heard of them before. Uh, and here's the thing. My, my goal for um, Passage is that when you're building your Passage world, uh, part of the setup process is like, hey, who, who, where, where do you want your world? Where do you want your compute coming from? Right. If you just are dying for some of that centralized overlord compute, go for it. Amazon or Google. Right. Just pick it from the drop down. Uh, if you want to liberate your community and have a more uh, decentralized and um, you know, uh, I, I think there's there's security as well as um, uh, uh, performance uh, improvements, as well as price improvements for using decentralized infrastructure. So I think when we line these things up and say, hey, this costs this much, this costs this much, right? And this is how much performance you're getting for your dollar. People are going to be clicking a cost from that dropdown. But I'd love to include, you know, uh, kudos in there. Um, you know, for, for me, again, it's, it's all um, different. It's all different pieces in the puzzle, right? And people should be, we want this to be a modular solution where Passage is just connecting the pieces, right? We help create the infrastructure that brings them together uh, and allow people to move between stuff seamlessly. But shoot, man, if you want to run on Amazon or Akash or Kudos, I mean, 
I know Render Network is doing some stuff, but primarily offline rendering. Um, and I've actually talked with their uh, the CEO of uh, Render Network, um, and they're doing cool things, but haven't really pushed really heavily into like the um, real time GPU compute, um, at least not in their public uh, product offerings. So, yeah, we we I, I love it. I'll just dig into it, and um, yeah, always super open to adding some new pieces to the puzzle. Yeah, man, uh, reach out to Ollie, Ollie, Ollie Kudos, dude. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you his ad. He's a good kid, Please. like, but, uh, yeah, dude, render, render's insane. Have you, Lex, very quickly, last question. Uh, I always, whenever I hear about games or metaverse or this or that, uh, and you know, we hear about on chain, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always wondering about the trade offs. We know mm-hmm. we talk about the trade offs about what can be done on chain, like, versus off chain, you know, yeah. like for you guys, has that been like a big battle? Has that been something that's been concerning you at all or not? No, because it doesn't matter. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, people might say, like, <clears throat> you've got your, your, your Mac dudes who might be like, oh, well, you know, if it's off-chain or whatever, like, you know, kind of like, you have to put this on-chain, you have to put that on-chain. I'm like, okay, show me a chain in Cosmos right now um, that is truly decentralized, in the sense that there isn't a small majority who could, even if it's the developers, right, like, it, it might just be the developers uh, who could uh disproportionately influence uh new proposals or changes that happen on the chain right like there is no world in which um right now at this stage of the ecosystem the team doesn't substantially influence the development of the product and the platform right so if the team is controlling the blockchain versus the team controlling a um a a centralized server or infrastructure that's being used for certain data or information it's really no different right now. We need to be working towards further decentralization, but that's not something that's going to happen easily in a short time period, right? That's something that's going to come to fruition over the next you know, uh, decade where it actually makes sense for these chains to be further and further decentralized. Some, like even, even blockchain itself is, is kind of centralized right now, right? At the size of the current chains, unless you're talking like Bitcoin, Ethereum, like most chains are not at that level right now. So I think put whatever makes sense off chain, on chain, just do it in a way that it's transparent and you're clear with your community what you're doing and what you're building towards, right? There's going to be lots of stuff on passage that for the sake of a good experience um, is going to be off chain at the beginning, right? Um, but then eventually we'll be on chain and we're going to be broadcasting exactly our plan for you know decentralizing over time, but it's a process. So to me, it's like, who cares? Make a good experience first, and then we can talk about you know the layers of decentralization. I love that. I love that attitude. Thank you very much, Lex. And can I just say, dude, I'm going now, but uh, no one in this world could wear a, a wife beater on a PFP like you, dude. That's like, you're the only dude that could wrap that like dude on a PFP, yeah? Amazing. Cheers, Lex. Cheers. Oh, sweet Robo. Now, <laughs> if I'm going to put him down to listeners, uh, <laughs> and I am going to say, give one more second if anybody else has a question for Lex or even a question for Skelly's real quick. I don't want to hold him too much longer. I'm just going to take another look. Please request to speak. Oh, I think we are good. Um, I read the clan chat. All of the um, constructive criticism I'm going to take and use it 
And thank you for that. And guys, I want to also say that um, to our guests, thank you so much for showing up. Thank you for not oh, you, you, not only did you show up, you turned it up and um, amazed the crowd. I really enjoy um, listening to everything that you're doing. And I'm super thankful for builders like you in this space. Hi, Lex. It is my pleasure. I love it. Thanks so much for bringing me in here. Awesome. So thank you for joining for Bare Bones. I hope everyone has an incredible day. Um, EJ, if you would like to close us out before that, our next week's guest is actually Jocelyn. Um, she is a comedian, so it's going to be kind of like a little bit of a more relaxing space. Um, you know, people can come up and chat with her, uh, but we're just going to be getting to know her a little bit and how she is a Twitter space comedian and how that works. <laughs> EJ? Yeah, for sure. That's going to be a good one next week. I feel like you and uh, you and her are going to hit that off. So, guys, we really appreciate you stopping by. We do want to say, once again, be safe of your, your assets. Be safe of your portfolio. Mind, mind what you're doing. Stop losses need to be in play. Um, and if you feel overexposed, reduce your position and just keep your mind at ease. That's all we can say. There's already enough stress in this world. And with that, thank you, Lex, once again for everything. I will be reaching out to you. And as we saw, always say at Space Kelly's guys, choose to find the good and the bad, no matter what the situation may be. Make someone's week better. It's Monday. Sometimes people have a rough weekend. Mondays are hard to start. Um, hold a door. Tell them thank you. Do whatever it needs to be. And just make the world a better place than it was yesterday. And with that, guys, we will see you next time. And once again, thank you for everything. See you guys. Yee, go team go. Wasn't it Yop? Yeah, Yop. I up, thought it man. was a Yop. Yop, 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 Yop. Sign off, man. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was The Bare Bones of Web 3, episode 24, featuring special guest Lex Avellino from Strange Clan, built on Passage. Hosted by B-Bands with the Space Skellies. Recorded on Monday, March 27th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man's swagger. Sitting in a little den, vision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble-bubillion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble-bubillion. Little 
little Danny vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next but No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis Mock up a basement could call me resilient Waiting for the internet to make me a b-b-b-billion Vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Terror spaces <laughs>